0: bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX podcast. Here's
1: another episode.
0: And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX podcast episode number 12 and man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We're bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these has uh, truly been humbling. So thank you guys so much. I can't believe we're already on episode number 12. And if you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, we had a, a lot of great guests um, within those past episodes. So make sure to do yourself a favor and check them out after this one, which is uh, available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and pretty much anywhere you find your podcast nowadays. And uh, with that being said, it is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside uh, the local community support uh, in the sport of motocross for Imperative MX, and uh, it's, aw- it's an awesome sport. I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in uh, this week's episode here uh, on the podcast. And we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing, all the way to professional, and of course, everything in between. And with that being said, there are a good amount of talking points to, talk to, uh, to chat about uh, within this episode. first. We will get into some local motocross racing happening in the North Carolina area this weekend and some info from uh, the NCMX series down there. So uh, then we will switch over to the professional side where we will chat about the AMA Arena Cross and what has been happening in that series with five rounds complete already. We have a giveaway somewhere throughout this pod, and the only hint that I can give is that it is somewhere within this pod and how you can enter and what you are actually entering for. So you do not want to miss out on that. Uh, That's a little bit of a hint, hint, wink, wink for uh, later on down the pod. So uh, finally, we will wrap up this episode uh, by speaking on uh, pretty much like round Snapdragon, round three, round two, whatever it was from this past weekend of AMA Supercross and what's been shaken down in that series altogether And as you guys know, so much more we get uh, into, especially here on episode number 12 of the Imperative MX Podcast. And make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of the social media platforms. Everything is growing each and every day, and it's awesome to see. And before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the imperative mx podcast west virginia motorsports fxr silver valley mx park hydropower and dirt industries custom graphics and actually we have a brand new sponsor whom we will showcase uh, showcase later uh in this episode that i'm personally stoked to have the backing of and a part of imperative mx for 2023 so you guys do not want to miss out on that and uh Also, don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get a chance. A ton of new things in the works, and uh, some of those works have uh, already now been live on the website. So all the sponsors' logos are uh, in the banner at the top, so make sure to click those logos and it will bring you directly to uh, their website, the company's website. So you can purchase your products directly from the link on the website, so it's quick and easy for you guys. Uh, so yeah, make sure to go and check out uh, ImperativeMX.com We'll be doing more updates, reads, galleries And pretty w- and a lot more uh, In 2023 Coming from us And uh, we will get more into each of the awesome Companies behind Imperative MX Here in just a bit And make sure to support the ones that support the sport Like these companies helping us out With this podcast to bring you these episodes Weekly And of course You guys already know Helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast. Your district twenty nine, two thousand eleven C class champion, Heavy D. What are you doing, Heavy?
1: Oh, uh, dude, you know, trying to contain my youngin' over here. I, I know it sounds it sounds like
0: she wants to be a co host on the podcast this week.
1: Hey, she's been hey, she's been fired up these past few weeks, dude. She's got deep into the, into and, and Supercross and Arena Cross, and she's got some words, on I'm telling you, hey, she's she's, got ab- some words.
0: she's about to have knowledge before she even, you know, is able to talk. So I oh, can bro. only imagine whenever she starts talking, what kind of input we're gonna hear from uh Baby Heavy.
1: Hey, you never know. She might come off the tongue with some Jason Anderson words and tweets.
0: Oh boy, oh boy. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We're gonna save that for later. All right. <laughs> We're gonna, we're hey, we got a lot to talk about in this one, and uh, pretty, you know, uh, the first thing let's talk, let's talk about the local motocross racing and schedules. You know, heavy, we we love this stuff, you know, so why not bring it out at first? And uh, yeah, the first thing let's get into is Windy Hill uh, is actually going to have a race this weekend, uh, January 27th through the 29th. It's round number five of the Southeastern Winter MX Series. Uh, this Friday through Sunday, and Friday there's going to be a movie night uh, with some s'mores, which that's going to be really cool. And also Saturday, of course, there's going to be practice. There'll be a pit bike race in the afternoon, a movie night at seven o'clock, and uh, there's going to be an Anaheim Two Supercross watch party uh, at ten o'clock. And of course, racing on Sunday. So heavy, there's going to be, uh, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of action going on down in uh, Ellerby.
1: Oh, dude, heck yeah! And, um, you know they uh they got a track change, too.
0: Yes, a brand new layout. of uh, going uh going the original way, the way that I know heavy.
1: Yeah, the OG way, son. The,
0: the OG, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. I saw the track changes. I, I you know, I I hate that I live so far away because that was one of my favorite tr- uh tracks to go to when I was racing, uh D twenty nine in the early two thousands and. Uh, yeah it's cool to see um you know what they've been doing especially these last couple of years since uh they got brand new owners and uh trying to figure out what people like but hey it's a you know it's a sand track with a little bit of hard underneath but man it's a good facility and a uh great track and especially it now going back to the OG uh layout man that's gonna that's gonna bring back some memories for some people i'm sure
1: oh heck yeah dude i was like that was like always one of my favorite tracks to ride. I love Wendy Hill, dude. It's so fun. Like and it's honestly like it's one of those tracks in in my personal opinion. Like no matter how you do it, you can't mess it up. Like it just has a it just has a flow to it no matter how you turn it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And man, I, I mean, uh I've had so many good races there and actually I remember one of the um, I think what I think the actual last time that I was there was 2013, and it was uh, I had to go because I was in the Mega Series uh, Championship uh, points or whatever. So I decided to go down there, and plus I was doing some outdoor nationals. And uh, Jacob Hayes and Phil uh, Phil Nicoletti shows up on just a, r- a random Sunday, and I gotta race yeah. these dudes uh, yeah. to get some points. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious!
1: Oh, dude, that is awesome. Some good old windy thrills, son. I love
0: it. Yeah, no, it's good. And uh, also, Mike Farr over at NCMX uh, wanted everybody to know that uh, NCMX has the backing of KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, and Yamaha Tennessee for the 2023 season. So make sure to, you know, go to your local track, race, go get your money. Uh, Heavy D, I mean, you know. Yeah. Dude, even, that's even for the little, even for the little ones. You know, dude, uh, get some money in your pocket helps that's,
1: out. That's big, dude. That is big for them too. I yep. mean, it's. I mean, it honestly like it needs it. I don't feel like contingency, especially on like it, it, it on the East Coast. You know, especially in our general area, it shouldn't be confined to just one big organization. You know, a, a series, etc. It kind of should be spread out like that because I mean. Dude, like, especially this season, man, NCMX has one hell of a lineup for some races on schedule, dude. It is honestly insane. And I I think it's been long overdue, and it's good they finally got it. And I think especially if they can get Suzuki and Kawasaki Mm -hmm. and Honda on board as well, it's definitely going to be even more of a game changer. Heck, the ones they got already between KTM, Husky, Gans, Gans, and Yamaha is already a game changer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – I mean, I think blue crews everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, absolutely. So, and you know, I think it'd be even better. Hopefully, Suzuki will get on board with, you know, kickstart Kenny out here repping the Suzuki. Mm-hmm. They'll push to you know get contingency and more series and stuff.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I believe uh, some of those that you mentioned, uh, and some of the ones that uh, you, the listeners, maybe. Uh, riding out there. Uh, It won't be long uh, before some of those will be uh, on board, but it will take a little bit. But yeah, so uh, KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, Yamaha, Tennessee for 2023 in the North Carolina motocross uh, series this year. Also, uh, there was a brand new AMA rule change uh, with the chest protector rule. Uh, Kids 17 and under are required to wear a uh, under or over uh chest protector like a spine or a back, uh and also I guess like a ribs type thing, collarbone, I guess. Uh pretty much just a uh, you know, under the jersey chest protector. Um, just like a helmet. Uh thoughts, Heavy D? You
1: know, I, I mean I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean no, no. I think I mean I don't like I mean, I wore one. It was I was funny, dude. Like I won I wore one for a little bit and then I stopped wearing one. Like I didn't wear anything. I just wore a neck brace. Yep. And then like because roost didn't really bother me that bad. I think it was mine because I was a big dude and I had a lot of cushion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> I had, mean it didn't bother you had, you me. You had
0: a lot of meat there to uh, to cover it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that bad. But honestly, I, I like I feel like it's actually a good idea because I mean dude, bikes are just I mean, they're getting so much faster. And like the the price to pay for hitting the ground Is getting even more like even more fierce, you know, not even, not even the word I'm looking for.
0: Uh, I saw the
1: price to pay is getting higher. Let me say it like, (laughs) yeah, the price of paper hitting the ground is getting higher. So I don't think it's a bad idea. Now, if they did that for neck braces, then I would have to disagree with that. But
0: yeah, the neck, the neck braces I'm out. Um, but I did see a quote today, uh, that somebody posted about or actually on the chest protector rule and uh the quote said i'm too cheap to buy cheap uh you know stuff um you know pretty much meaning like hey you know i'm gonna make sure i buy expensive stuff so i don't have to go and um you know pay a hospital bill that could be ridiculous um instead of you know buying a chest protector for my little one and i i I 100% agree. To be honest, I was a uh, kid coming up, uh, looked up to a lot of the fast dudes, and and at that time, a lot of guys did not wear anything unless they went to Unadilla. Unless they went to Unadilla. And then they all wore chest protectors or uh, uh, under the jersey. But I wore a neck brace in 2016, and I almost want to say that that was the reason that I broke my back, but I'm not really going to get into that story. And then um, from there... Uh the roost hurt really bad when I actually went to Unadilla in two thousand eleven for a uh, Loretta Lens Regional and two fifty B and uh the roost was pretty gnarly. So I learned to wear an under uh the chest um chest protector after that, uh just to not deal with it anymore. And then when I broke my ribs in uh two thousand and twenty at Lake Sugar Tree for the um they had like a super cross, or um motocross and a woods comp- uh GP. They had a GP there and like, uh, Birch Creek and, and those other ones. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, after I broke my ribs, I decided to get the uh, A1, the Alpon Star one, but it's the one that wraps around uh, your ribs pretty tight. I forget. Man, this is really bad. I forget what it's actually called, but I believe oh, it's the talking A1. About not, not the, uh, not the not light the one. Your,
1: huh?
0: Not the light one. It's like I know the, what you're talking about. It's the one that, like, okay, you put it on, and then it's got, uh, obviously, the back, but it's got the straps that, like, that go down, and it um, Velcros on the front. Oh, so it, like, a moto vest? Uh, I mean, kind of, but it's a Alpine Star one. Um, I forget, but anyways, that one is honestly my favorite uh, chest protector. Um, that thing feels so good around my ribs, and I actually feel protected, and it really, honestly, it does not bother me. Um when I'm actually out there uh on the track. So
1: Dude, another good one, a lot of people don't know, like because you know you got a lot of guys, that can't like say anything because the gear sponsors and all. Right. But one, a lot of guys, if they do wear one, especially pros, the T the trolley design one, it is good. They wear it underneath. Yeah. It's it's pretty badass. Like a lot of them a lot of guys wear the trolley design chest. It's pretty comfortable.
0: Um, I actually just looked it up. Uh, I was way wrong on the A1, so that is my fault. Uh, It's it's the Alpine Stars A4. Uh, It's the max chest protector. Um, It's got a little bit more of a back, a little bit more cushion all the way around. It's not the A1, like I said, like the light version. Um, It's just got a little bit more cushion, especially for uh, just ribs area and just, I don't know, it feels compact. And honestly... I love that thing. And and if this thing was uh, available to me when I was, you know, 60s, 80s, whatever, I'd be wearing it, no problem. Um, but getting back to the point, um, you know, I believe that this is a good rule by AMA, and I do not believe that it should be changed. Um, yeah, so.
1: Oh, no, I I agree, you know. I mean, I wore, like I said, I wore one for a little while, then I stopped. I mean, I, I mainly wore neck brace a lot and I mean my, my dad was like big on it and at the time like I was pretty big on it too because like when I started in like 06, 07 that's when like Liat stuff really like mm-hmm. they can it was heavy and everybody wore them mm-hmm. and like my first race at Daniels Ridge what was supposed to be my first race I went out the first lap of practice and like weeded myself because my dad was like dude just like go out there you know stay in your own line and don't worry about it about anybody else Indeed, i just rocketed it out there because i just like in my mind i was like i don't want to be the slowest kid out here in practice yeah yeah getting so <laughs> i went out there and like full sent a little step up and head over heels crashed and burned and then from there on i wore a neck brace but i didn't really wear a chest protection and then i started wearing one but still right i mean i mean but me personally like i think it's a good rule i mean uh, I've always been the type I'd rather have knee braces over anything. I mean, that's just me, bro.
0: Yeah, no, and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that's another lesson I learned. Uh, I was never, <laughs> a, I was never a type to wear knee braces or knee pads or just protection of the of the knee. And um, I forget, I was out one day, and um, do you ever lean over in a corner uh, so much that like the bottom of your uh front brake like the bolt or on your clutch lever yep. like, went into your kneecap well yep. it, well it happened to me one time and it actually dug like pretty pretty good size like gash um into uh my kneecap and so i from then on i i learned um
1: Dude, a lot of fast guys like don't wear knee braces it's
0: unbelievable
1: It's like, it's a pro, like, Cooper for a long time did. He just wore pads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like the, uh, the EVS, like, TP 199 things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, you know, to be completely honest, like, I don't have the, um, the really expensive knee braces from, um, I I can't think of the names right off the top of my head, but, yeah, I don't, I I did have those. I will say I did have those for like two years right after my knee surgery. But honestly, in my opinion, I didn't really like them too much. I bought a, uh, I think, they were like 150 bucks or 175 at the time. These Liette knee braces, and they're not the, they're not the really expensive ones, obviously because of the price. But they do the work, and they do the justice. And to me, like, I, I mean, I know that I've torn my, uh, torn my knee up twice. But to be honest, like, I think anything works. Just anything on your knee, yes, I, I do believe more in a brace, but if you don't want to spend eight, nine, a thousand dollars on some braces, then at least cover something with your knee. And then this goes back to I believe that the roost uh protectors and the chest protectors uh is a great rule. So
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those deals too, like I mean, they're not I mean, I've messed my knee up with them. It ain't they ain't gonna fully prevent any of that you know i think it's just it's a matter of like how like you tweak your knee like any way can like end in damage you know what i mean oh yeah i, mean, I think for me more than anything it was just thought all right, all right i got something like super expensive on my knees so yeah, yeah. i mean that's yeah. i mean that's the ultimate thing of it me in, in my opinion
0: yeah and um i mean when i tore my uh ACL MCL meniscus had to get you know the full thing done it was at the Asheville or, or, you know indoor series and it was off a 5 foot double and I'm not kidding and it wasn't like you know out of the first turn like that um you know kind of catapult looking double or whatever it was before the finish line around the corner and they just had four little rollers there and you can just go up the inside and just burp you know little double double you know all the way through it was I could jump in on my feet, heavy D and somebody was in front of me. Uh, they were a, a, a lapper at the time. I was like fourth or fifth or something in the main and a lapper was in front of me and I landed right. I, I thought he was going to jump the double all the way, the five foot double, but he did not jump the five foot double all the way. And so he came up short and sure enough, I landed um, right on his right side of his uh, back tire and it made me off balance uh, because my weight was kind of pushing over to the, um, to the left side towards the wall. Uh, And yeah, sure enough, I just put my foot down, you know, to kind of balance myself when um, I got off balance and yeah, it tore my knee completely, completely up. So um, yeah, no, I I don't really have anything else on it. I think it's a good rule. I think it's good to, uh, to protect those things, especially early on. So um, I wish they would have had that when we were younger. Uh, Well, Actually, I don't know, because now that the technology is a lot better and uh, things feel more comfortable, I'm glad that it is now instead of back then. But at the same time, they could have used it back then, too. But technology hadn't caught up at that time. So, um, oh, yeah. But the last thing that I have uh, here, Heavy D, is just, you know, like we always say, bring back the local racing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we got to. It's a must.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it as far as local motocross racing. Make sure to check uh, all of the schedules uh, from uh, District 13 to NCMX to the Capital Cup to um, East Bend to Kathy's Creek to the Outlaw Series. Anything that is near you, as far as a dirt bike track goes, check schedules, series, whatever the case may be. If you have an off weekend get some gate drops. Uh, I think that it is a great idea and it will be great for the sport and uh, what we could do. So, uh, And with that being said, West West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, and or ATV, UTV, whatever the case may be, find your key to fun at West Virginia Motorsports, Princeton, West Virginia, and they also have a brand new location that's coming soon. Uh, so don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride. And don't forget to get those oil filters and air filters on your way out. And heavy D, don't catch them on fire.
1: Yeah, don't do that. Don't 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 make your dad or mom and happy Bob. that's just not the way trust me i've been there
0: not good not good for sure and of course we have to thank uh dirt industries custom graphics from rayford north carolina dirt industries for over 10 years have designed manufactured and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry if you want your graphics to look top-notch this 2023 season. Look no further than Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And uh, yeah, go to DirtIndustriesCustomGraphics.com and we have so much more coming from Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Uh, Heavy D, you got to see a little preview of uh, the graphics for the the Zook. How they looking? (coughs) Is that going to look good?
1: Dude. That shit is tremende. It is tremendous.
0: It's gonna be looking good out there. It is
1: dude, um it, it's gonna it's gonna pop. It's just it is gonna stand out. It's it's sick, dude. It's it's so sick. I love it.
0: Absolutely. And they're gonna add a little bit of new design to it as well, uh, that they're gonna be coming out with this year to make it extra pop, heavy D. So it it it's you know, you got a small little fire. I mean you know, I never want this to happen, but it's gonna be a forest fire going around the track. I'm just saying, it's gonna be lit. So, uh, make sure you guys go and check out DirtIndustriesCustomGraphics.com. And uh, yeah, while you guys are on the site, you can use code ALL CAPS, no space, imperative MX. And uh, yeah, uh, there is no legend, no local legend. Uh, this uh, this episode. So. Uh, but we're going to move into some AMA arena cross talk round number six, uh, coming up this Friday night in the lazy E arena, uh, in Oklahoma, uh, last weekend, uh, we saw rival AX series, the Hoosier, uh, arena cross champion, Michael Hicks take the checkered flag over Kyle Peters in both of the main events in a very, uh, convincing fashion for sure. Uh, what did you think about Michael Hicks coming from the Hoosier Arena Cross Series where, you know, he has uh, Michael Lessie and some other uh, guys in that series as well. But, uh, man, he uh, he put it to him this weekend, Heavy D. I'm not going to lie.
1: Oh, dude, he was ripping like... I watched uh, his heat race, and, dude, just like, he was on rails. And when I was watching, I was like, yeah, if he gets the starts, this D's gonna be up front like both main events and dude he was. He was ripping. Like if you was if you watched, you was like, because you know he does race supercross too. I'm pretty yeah, he does race supercross too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, no, he got a sixteenth and a fourteenth last year, heavy D in Supercross.
1: Oh yeah, and like Yes. Yeah. I mean I know it was Arena Cross, but dude that arena cross track was like literally
0: that was a super cross, a super track. cross track. Yeah,
1: super cross track with, like, two less lanes.
0: You know what I thought man. was really weird, Heavy D? Like, uh, you were talking about, um, you know, if he gets a start. I mean, that second, that second main was inverted, and KP was out front, and, man, he – it was nothing, uh, you know. Like, it didn't take him nothing to get up the second from his, I don't know, seventh eighth place start whatever the whatever the case may be because of the inversion and just picked guys off and then sure enough he caught kp and then right around the outside in the whoop section gone and
1: uh, you watch it it's it's funny too like you say that you ever watch like kp when he passes those dudes like they they stop and they look because they look like they're a little lost like how the hell he catch me so fast that's kind of how kp looked when he came up like kp was like damn like How'd he
0: catch me? Yeah, how'd he catch me so fast? And I thought, uh, honestly, when I saw the track map, and I'm like, dude, KP's going to be really good here because it's just like a Supercross. That's what I was thinking. And KP is just one of those guys that you throw him into a Supercross race, dude, top eight, no problem. Like, KP is just that good. And, man, it was the whoops. Like, the the whoops with the wall, and then the whoops again. Uh, I think um especially the second whoops uh the first ones were pretty gnarly too but the second whoops i feel like uh michael just had a way better drive coming off the wall he was a little bit more aggressive coming up and downside uh the wall more than anybody and i think that that's where it showed but also his uh corner speed was unbelievable um He definitely had that Honda working really, really well there. Um, I wonder if he's going to be there again since uh, um, it's in the same stadium, in the same place, just one week later.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, man.
0: Definitely could happen.
1: Yeah, you're right about that.
0: So uh, that that will be interesting. Obviously, in the points championship, KP is still on top. Uh, Bitterman is a uh, is second, and uh, yeah, uh, Bitterman's got to uh, the underdog's got to come out at some point, and I feel like it's going to show, but I don't want it to show when it's too late, Heavy D. I want I want them to show now. Like this is round number six out of um, I I can't remember exactly how many rounds that they have, but I would say that we're close to the halfway point, if not past it already. Uh, maybe maybe 15 rounds that they have or 12. Regardless of the fact, uh, I feel like Bitterman needs to get a win here if he wants to catch uh KP in this uh points championship. And dude, I I feel
1: like he can. Like honestly, like watching this past dude, he was ripping. Yeah, he was ripping. He, Even... won,
0: his, he won his heat race.
1: Yeah, he, convincingly
0: mm-hmm. looked really really good, and then in the main, he just got stuck in that third and fourth place positions um, and couldn't really move up that far. I honestly thought that he was going to catch KP because I thought, like, after Hicks got around KP both times, I was like, okay, well, that kind of depleted KP's confidence. But kudos to him. He kept it there, and Betterman just couldn't close the gap. I was watching the the live timing, and he just wasn't gaining very much. If, uh, if not anything, he was losing a little bit every lap. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, he was.
0: So I don't know.
1: I mean, it's just, man. I know we can. It's like, it's man. It's just gonna take something, like the underdog. Uh, the underdog is there. It's just gonna take something to bring that dog out. We need the dog. <laughs> I mean, I, we need that dog. I know that dog's in him. Roar, roar. I need it to come out. Roar, roar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It needs. It needs. It needs to come out, and hopefully this weekend, uh, you guys can check out uh, Ride TV. I think it's $4.99 a month. Um, check out all the, la- the racing action. Uh, as soon as you subscribe, you can check out all of the uh, uh, past rounds as well. Go back and watch some of them. I really enjoyed the track layout at this place. They picked a really good place for it. And dude, if I was if I was a racer in the Arena Cross Series, I would be stoked on that because that is very good. Supercross practice, in my opinion.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I would. I mean, dude, it's tight, and they let you get away with a lot more in a red cross than they do supercross. So it's pretty good practice.
0: Yeah for uh, for sure. I actually just wrote down, uh, or actually, I am going to write down so I do not forget. I got a, I got a little bit of a uh, rant. I don't know really what else to call it. Uh, a bone the pick. I got a little bit of a Uh-oh. bone the pick when we get to. Uh, uh, to the Supercross rounds or into the Supercross talk because um, it doesn't really make sense to me, um, but we're gonna get in uh get into that when that time comes around. So uh, but yeah, the dog's got to come out for Bitterman because if he's gonna have any shot, there's nobody else really. Uh, you know, not speaking bad on anybody, but uh, it's KP and it's Bitterman. Uh, you have uh, Isaiah Clark as well. Uh, he's good. But it seems like he can't keep it consistent um, enough to be really right there. Uh, but I mean, he's shown that he's he can win main events, um, and obviously Bitterman can too. Uh, it's the consistency and uh, just trying to put pressure on KP. Man, he's going to win. What is this going to be number five if he does? If he does this?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's number five.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, cha-ching there, cha-ching. So yeah, bring out the dogs, roof, roof. And uh, let's go, underdog, Vitterman, uh, and try to uh, close up this points gap uh, in the AMA Arena Cross Series, uh, Salem, Virginia. Heavy D, you're gonna come up for that one. Uh, we gotta figure out a, a, a ram- uh arrangements for you. Uh, for uh, are you gonna stay? Are you gonna stay up here? Or are you gonna drive back to the crib afterwards?
1: Oh no, I'll probably stay up there for that
0: one. Hey, we we gotta go and check out the uh, the Saturday Carnage action. Uh, I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if the people's champ Matt Burkeen is going to make it out for the YouTube.
1: Um I think if he doesn't I'll be surprised.
0: Absolutely. Uh so Salem Virginia, uh myself and Heavy D will attend. Uh I'm going to go to Little Rock, Arkansas for the round after that as well. I'm going to try uh, you know obviously uh um you know right now January 25th and this was this is in March. Uh, so anything could change, but right now that is on the schedule and also the Kentucky round uh, as well. Uh, Imperative MX will be at covering some of the action uh, for the website uh, and the socials for the AMA Arena Cross series. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, Heavy D, uh, brand new sponsor on board for 2023, Mika Medals. Uh, and, yes. and with that, They are doing a giveaway for you. The listeners out there can choose between a Pro Series, Raw Series, Tykes, PW, or any other type of handlebar they offer. So uh, they're giving away one free handlebar uh, a couple times throughout this year, and this happens to be one of the episodes where they are giving you, uh, the listener, an opportunity to win a brand new uh, set of handlebars from the people over at Mika Metals, and we cannot, uh, you know, uh, appreciate them enough for uh, coming on board to the Imperative MX podcast and Imperative MX. And all you have to do uh, to enter is email imperativemx at gmail.com with the subject title being Mika Metals to enter. Again, that is email ImperativeMX at gmail.com for a chance to win a brand new set of Mika Metal Pro Series Raw Series Tykes PW Uh, they have so much um, so many different types of handlebars uh, on their site and uh, yeah just go and check out Mika Metals uh, for for everything that they have they have handlebars sprockets chains brakes sprays Uh, did you know that they had a silicone spray did you know that? Minute. Yeah, did you know that they, they had brake cleaner, heavy D, did Really? You, did you know that they had chain lube?
1: I mean, I might have been a, a, a little bit oblivious to the fact of the chain lube, considering they sell chains and sprockets. But well, I mean, the good, brake good cleaner point. and the silicone kind of got me out far fetched right now.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, they have grips. They have obviously bar pads, bar clamps. Handlebars. They have the grip donuts with the thick, thick foam on it. They have a sag scale. They have tie downs that that are brand new. They have brakes. Um, you know, brake cleaner. They have front pads. They have rear pads. For Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, KTM, chains, sprockets, anything that you need, go and check out MikaMetals.com. And uh, yeah, no, I'm stoked uh, to have them a part of the, uh, Imperative MX podcast and Imperative MX heavy D what you think?
1: It's first of all, everybody needs to go check out the Imperative MX website. You (laughs) put a lot of work in on it and it is legit.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that heavy D. Yeah, no, uh, their, uh, their logo is on the website. And yeah, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Decided to put the sponsor logos on there. So it's real quick and easy for everybody that uh, wants to support and wants to help out Imperative MX. And yeah, click on the link and uh, make your purchases through uh, through that link. Or uh, it just takes you just directly to their website. It's just quick and easy. And, uh, you know, just help out Imperative MX the most you can. And yeah, there's a lot of things coming. But yeah, no, I appreciate that comment, Heavy D. And uh, also have to big, give a big shout out to FXR from High Performance Snow Rider Wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, whatever the case may be, FXR has you covered. And of course, in my opinion, go check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. FXRacing.com and find them on social media as well and thank, them, uh, thank you guys for the uh, you know their continuing support and yeah go check out imperativemx.com. click on fxr it takes you right to their website quick and easy hydropower hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safely and faster drink hydropower.com to get your blue razz today and heavy d you got to see a little bit of what the hydropower does to somebody
1: oh yeah it kick you in the overdrive that's damn sure
0: Absolutely. The link uh, is in the description of this podcast for 10% off your purchase of any Hydropower products or Heavy D, guess what? You can go directly to ImperativeMX.com and click on that Hydropower link and it helps me out. Uh, So any purchase that you make through Hydropower, uh, I get a small little slice of that and also it gives you, the listeners... And even yourself, Heavy D, 10% off. So, it's not bad. ImperativeMX.com, click on uh, Hydropower uh, for that 10% off. So, uh, yeah. And Heavy D, I mean, you know what it what it did to me. You can only imagine what it could do to somebody that's actually in shape, you know.
1: Oh, dude, that's like, I think it's that extra little, not even so much as eggs, but boost you need, like, even after a motor, you know what I mean? Like, if you have a like, intense first moto, you need that solid recovery to, you know, bounce back on that second one. It definitely has it. It can do it.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. uh Talk about bouncing back. Uh We are bouncing back after a week off uh, of AMA Supercross, and apparently we're calling it round three, Heavy D. Uh Even though the guys have been on the track twice, we're going to call it round three. So, uh, yeah. if that's the case, I'm calling it round Snapdragon. So, uh, once or, you know Brown Snapdragon was this past weekend Uh, you know San Diego and uh, once again it is the same two that are on top I think we know I think we know that Jet was going to be the one if anything obviously to win the 250 class but Tomac looks really good right now
1: oh yeah dude he's he's ripping that's for sure it's like my guy ain't messing around
0: No. And I mean, um, Stu had a really good point on his podcast talking about um, Tomac, talking about how he's maneuvering the bike underneath him like it's a BMX bike, like almost like a pump track. And when he went around Cooper around that outside, you can just see how he could it it almost looks like he's riding a bicycle, just going around a bank turn. And just using his legs to pump over the next double to go through the whoop section and gone. And yeah, Coop caught him at uh, Coop caught him at the end. Uh, Lapper's gotten away a little bit of Tomac and um, you know a little small little mistakes, but regardless of the fact, these guys need to put a stop the Tomac, or it's 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 going to get way out of hand here.
1: Hey, you know I I'm just going to say he can. Can he run away with with it? Yeah. But, look, everybody – I mean, if if you're a big moto enthusiast like myself and you and a lot of other people out there, if you ever pay attention, Cooper, every year he's won like a championship, especially in the 450s, he never starts off good at the first half of the season. But that second half, oh, he's hell on wheels. Mm -hmm. But right now, he's actually started off good by finishing, like, second back-to-back. Yep. So, you know, usually the second half of the Supercross season is uh, it's his go-to. So, we – I mean, we, it's a lot of Supercross left. So, I'm just anxious to see, like, you know, will he kick in like he usually does at the second part of our Supercross.
0: Yeah. It, um, Like, he was really good in the rutted sections. I feel like when it got to the flat, Tomac was a little bit better. Um And when the corners didn't have ruts, Tomac was better. When it it got to the real tight stuff, uh, Cooper looked way better. Uh, Still need to see like an 11 or 13 set uh, whoop section to really see if the whoops are fixed by Cooper. Um, Even though that he was skimming them, uh, they they still really weren't big enough or long enough for really us to uh, get a pinpoint on if, yes, this motorcycle is better this year. Uh, as far as uh, the whoops go, Um, and the cornering looks good. I mean, uh, Cooper looks phenomenal through the corner. So, um, yeah, he's six points down on Tomac, Uh, uh, two seconds to start it off. This second was a way more impressive second than last week's uh, second for Coop. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can uh, get a little bit of... uh, Momentum here and confidence, and can uh, steal a win here this coming weekend. It's a triple crown uh, this weekend, heavy D. What's your thoughts on uh, on triple crowns? I um, I like them. So, what's your opinion?
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big triple crown fan just because. I mean, it's more racing, but it's if I, they still going three right? Three mains?
0: Yep, three mains, and I believe that they're all the the same. I think they're all ten minutes. I think uh, maybe. If, Maybe eight for the light, for the 250 guys in 12 minutes. I'm not sure, but, yeah, three.
1: It's, and the reason, I mean, I like them, is not only is it more racing, it's pretty cool for the fans, but I know the riders, I don't think they like it too much. But Neither do the mechanics. <laughs> yeah, it's three intense back-to-back-to-back races, and you got to get going from jump. Yep. It's like you can't lay back and try to set anything up. You gotta get going and make it happen. Yep. So I think it, it keeps the crowd on their feet a lot more, even though I mean right now, like I say this is this is by far the greatest start to Supercross ever. So like I think for fans anyway, these past two rounds have been everybody's been on their feet. It's been insane. So like this weekend, I can already go it's gonna be carnage. Awesome carnage. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, and triple crowns make it uh interesting too because they're such short races, so it doesn't give the guys that are really fast if they get a bad start, um, it, you know, the race ends sooner. So uh, you know, this is really this is a really, really good I know that Malcolm, speaking of Malcolm Stewart, he fastest qualifier this past weekend at round Snapdragon, and he won his heat race. Uh he came all the way uh, up and past Roxon with what, like a lap or two to go. Um, yeah. So it was a phenomenal heat race from Mookie. Um,
1: I, I look for him to do good at the triple crowd. Cause yeah. they're shorter. They're shorter yep. races.
0: Yep. That's what I'm saying. I think that he can, I think he can sneak a, uh, overall victory here. Uh, uh, you know, like, a um, a two, three, one or a one, two, three or a, uh, two, 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 something like that. Like, uh, you know, the math will play out, uh, you know, cause these things are, um, unless your name's Ken Roxon and on a Honda, uh, these Triple Crowns really don't get swept very often,
1: dude. Honestly, and I'm a, for me personally, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say it, man. Is I think this right here, like these, this Triple Crown, is what like Malcolm needs. Like, if he can pull out a win on these, I think it'll be what he needs. Because, I mean. Obviously, he shows, like, dude, he can run up front. Yep. I think he can give Tomac and Cooper and them a fit. It's just the fact that when he gets up there in the main, he's he, keeping that dog in him throughout it. Like, that same fight he uses to get there, keeping it while he's out front. You know what I mean? Yep. And I know this last round, it was some unfortunate mistakes. It, it, I mean, it's one of those things, it's what it is. But, like, speed-wise, he's there. I'm going to say he's there, man. Yeah. And as far as it comes to that. No,
0: and I, I mean, obviously with the fastest qualifier, I mean it, it definitely shows. So uh definitely don't count out Mookie. Um What about Kenny? What's your what's your what's your thoughts on Kenny? Five four to uh start the series? Um the bike uh, he doesn't look like the normal Kenny. I know they switched from Showa to Factory Connection this past weekend. Hep's letting him do whatever, whatever he wants. You know, uh, you want to switch here? Let's go here. If you want to try this, let's try this. So I think it's more of the comfort, but I'm okay with him being 5'4 starting out the uh, series. Your thoughts, Heavy D?
1: No, honestly, I don't think it's bad. I mean, you know, it's dude it's hard like and, and like i say i love suzuki i think he's right home on it but at the same time you got to think he hadn't truly raced a suzuki since what 2016 16. 20, yeah, yeah 2016, 2016. yeah so i mean anybody can get on it and go ride and practice and be comfortable don't get me wrong but when you go race it's a different feel like I mean, the intensity is different. Like, the mindset is different. Everything feels different. You get, you know, more aggressive on the bike. You push the bike and yourself to its true limits when you're racing, you know. And, I mean, I think, yeah, it's going to take some time, like, to get it where he wants it because, I mean, he didn't spend his off-season testing specifically for that bike. He spent his off-season testing to see what bike he wanted to ride and what team he wanted to be with. So, I mean – naturally like, yeah, don't get me wrong. He he may have been racing and it, it's good. You know, I mean, I feel like that may have helped a lot, but at the same time, he wasn't racing that particular bike. So, right, you know, it's, it's just one of those deals and it'll take a little while to get comfortable. But I mean, he's still keeping it in the top five. He can definitely run up front. It's just like you say, like they made that switch. So he's got to get comfortable. You can't go fast if you're not comfortable. I mean, it just don't work out.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, no, Roxon is fourth in the series, uh, fifteen points down of Tomac. Obviously, Cooper is six uh in that second position of Tomac. And third, uh Chase Sexton. He's thirteen points down, uh only two points above uh his buddy Ken Roxon there. Uh Sexton had a very interesting uh round snapdragon. Um man, he had a big one in the whoops and then got absolutely clobbered uh by uh the people's champ, AP. Um, d- he definitely did it for Dale and rammed it, rammed it in there. That is for sure. It wasn't his fault, obviously, but man, what a hell it, you know, what a hell of uh, circumstances it did to uh, Chase's bike for sure. And he had to go to the LCQ. Yeah. See,
1: that's the only thing I know. We were talking about it at the beginning of the, you know, like the season. Dude, Chase is fast, no doubt about it. Like, he he rips. But it's just, it's those small mistakes, man. It's just those little errors. Yeah. And, like, a lot of it, like, you know, the whole one AP hit him, you know, that wasn't his fault. But it's just that small area that got him in that position that kind of hurt him, you know, especially having to go, like, that happening in the heat race and having to go through the LCQ and all that, that, yeah. that sucked big time, man. It's just one of those things. It don't take much to throw you off your game. It's just, like, how can you bounce back from it? And he's young. He's learning, you know. He's, I mean, it's, he had a long outdoor season, dude. He had to battle with Tomek.
0: Yeah. That, all yeah.
1: season long. So, just imagine, like, you're coming into Supercross, and you're doing good, but, like, the dude you were battling with, you know, like, all i right, right, I'm, I'm just as fast as him. You're out there, and the very first round, you're out front. This dude crashes and come back and passes you. That's got to, like – that can mess with you mentally. It hurts, like, it, yeah. it, it Dude, it, it, it sucks. And yeah. the only way to come back from it is to keep fighting and not let it get to you because, like, right now, ain't nothing on Tomac's mind, but, like, all right, I'm the big dog out here. If you want to, like – if you want to take – if you want to steal my dinner, you better bring everything you got because –
0: I'm not messing around this year. Yeah, no, no uh, big uh, big dog's gonna eat that is uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, uh, so um, Ferrandis quietly in fifth, only one point down from Roxon. Uh, he got um, fourth the first round, and this round I believe he got sixth. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, not much really to, to speak on Ferrandis. He's kind of been. Um, kinda quiet to me, other than uh last weekend he had the battle with um who was it that he had the battle with there for oh he had the battle with Cooper there for a little bit that they showed on um TV. But uh yeah, quiet for fifth on Dylan Ferrandis. I don't really think there's really much uh to speak on Fernandes, heavy D, unless you got something.
1: No, I mean Fernandes is fast it is. He you know, he didn't he missed what, all outdoors?
0: Yep and most of Supercross. Remember he had the, uh, it was the same round that Anderson hit his head and had that concussion. Or, well, they don't, they didn't say it was a concussion, but remember he fell down when he was leading. I think it was round three. It was the weekend after he won his first one and he won round two. So yeah, round three last year, um, right after the finish line, the front end washed out and he smacked his head on the ground and then went to go get up and then went over the dragon's back and then literally just fell over.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're
0: yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Fernandez, I, d- I just feel like everybody's fast in here. I mean, I, I mean, Barsha's right behind him, and Barsha, or and Barsha, just because of his attitude and the way that he races, he literally got that third because of that. Because Kenny was like, I don't want nothing to do with this guy. I don't want <laughs> nothing to do with this guy. And bro, hey. Kenny could have had a podium. Kenny's faster than Barsha. You agree with me, right?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Come on. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But dude, the only way Barsha got that is because yes, he was there, you know, off the rip. But nobody was gonna put the pass on Barsha. Not one person. So, uh, yeah, he got himself a third. But I mean. He did it, and he looked good. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he wasn't really putting the blockers on. I mean, uh, Kenny passed him, and then passed him right back, and then Kenny was like, "Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm out. I am not passing this guy again because I know that the choo-choo train's gonna derail me, uh, you know, here in a minute." So, uh, but yeah, Justin Barsha, heavy D. We can, we can yeah, talk. He... We can, we can talk about it now. We can talk about it because the guy that's right behind him, one point back, is his favorite rider currently, Jason Anderson. So. Uh, the the, floor, the <laughs> they're battling over sixth and seventh right now. So, um, yeah, floor is yours, Heavy D. Let's talk about the uh the Anderson tweet, the press conference. Um, uh, Barsha put the put the pass on Sexton, kind of just the same way that Anderson put the pass on Barsha. Uh, complaining, the little uh shit right after the finish line, where like, hey, come here, I'm gonna whoop your ass, come here. So dude, me, go ahead. L- okay, ABD. let's
1: just let's just say this. All right, when the reporter just flat out said it, that, excuse my friend, Anderson said he was a bitch. He, I'm sorry for saying. I don't like using that word, but God, it's so funny, dude. Like they're sitting at a press press conference, and you know the reporter reads it out. Okay, first of all, we're gonna go to Tomat and Cooper's face. Okay. You, he covered his face because that, that right there, bro, that you, already said.
0: You heard he, his little, like, begin laugh. Like, his little, like, bro,
1: that, that dude, shit had me rolling, dog. The only, look, the only reason you laugh at that, not because it's funny, but in Tomac's mind, that shit's true. Oh, yeah. He, they got beef. He, <laughs> he laughed because he knew in his mind, he was like, damn, he did that. He ain't lying. And then you got Cooper over there. His
0: his character came out, too. As soon as Tomac started laughing, you saw Cooper's (laughs) face get bigger and bigger, dude. That shit was so funny.
1: Okay, and his face said, I'm not going to really show what Tomac did. But as soon as I get back to this trailer, I'm laughing my ass off because that shit's true. What? Yeah, yeah no
0: and, and he just kept looking around the room after like a minute because he was just like trying not to make eye contact with anybody because he's laughing so hard in his mind oh man that was, that was so oh. funny and Barsha you know Barsha says you know I'm not complaining and uh, you know, all of this stuff, but who knows? You know, there's two sides of the story, and then there's the actual at, truth in the middle. So. Did you
1: see his reaction? How he was like, What? Yeah, what yeah. What? That, what did I do? Right there? Did you know what that said? <laughs> nah, okay. I did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he might be right about this. Like, what I did was kind of a. Uh, a witch move, you know, Yeah, that was, but he wasn't going to like, agree with it. I'm surprised (laughs) he he didn't say what, it was good racing. What? Come (laughs) on, like, like, I know, you know, they had their off what, last year, the year before?
0: No, it was when he was on Cowies, his last year, it was, uh, uh, 2020, no, sorry, 21. It was, uh, I forget what round it was, but remember, um, uh, was it Barsha's hand that got screwed up that night? It, like, came up oh, all yeah. bloody and stuff? Tomat
1: came in there with the jugular. And here's the thing. Like, Barsha has – I don't even know why he's starting to act like this is a big surprise. Like, I have nothing against Barsha. I like the dude, man. He is awesome. Like, I love, I love his style, love how he gets down. But, like, don't, like, be aggressive and do that shit all these years and then now all of a sudden like what did i do wrong no he's been doing this shit that's what i'm saying like come on he's been doing
0: this stuff man like he's been the guy that will go and take somebody out ridiculously and then be like (laughs) what i I
1: thought it was good racing no like like, (laughs) but when it happens to him it's a problem like don't don't get mad when it happens to you yeah like don't don't dish that shit out and then when the wrong food gets put on your plate it's a problem yeah like, and and on, that's what God.
0: that's what anderson was complain it was talking about on on his uh on his tweet i think it's deleted uh but yeah it just said just don't you know don't complain you're uh, you know and Anderson even said, I'm not really the one to talk either, but you definitely do not have any room to talk. And, yeah. I called him a bitch and the, and the reporter said it out loud in the press conference and dude, everybody lost their mind. So, <laughs> so uh, who, who was that David, David Iser from, uh, DMX, I think DMXS or whatever, dude. Oh my gosh. I was rolling. I put it up on the TikTok. I think it got like 50 K views because it was just, it was, it was great.
1: Tomac's reaction—he was trying to—he—he he almost lost it completely. It took everything he had to keep it together.
0: Bro, I'm gonna say this: I think Tomac, when he retires, he's gonna be—he's gonna be such a funny individual to bring on to like a podcast or like you know, you know, really who would bring him out of his bubble and bring him out of his shell? RV, because RV reminds me a lot of Tomac as far as personality, like how they <laughs> how they were on uh, Cowie just. Fucking robots and kind of, kind of cocky-ish. But dude, like, what? right as soon as they, as soon as RV retired, bro, the beers came out, the barbecue started smoking, and dude, he is one of the funniest dudes I've ever. Dude, the, the stories of him and Alden beating the shit out each o- uh, out of each other has got to be one of the funniest stories I've ever heard in my life. And that's what we need. Like, I wish we knew that stuff behind the scenes. Like, dude. Think about the Predator, Malcolm Stewart, going after Alden if Stewart didn't like something. Like,
1: oh, bro, dude. oh I've, my God. I've, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen that shit firsthand. I've seen Aaron Sorby and Gavin Grace fighting for her. <laughs> That's just funny. Like, That's I'm what I'm saying. You, like, like, dude, as a kid, like, it's funny when you get older, but as a kid, you like, damn, what y'all fighting for? Is it that deep? Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah.
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, man, like be- even... Go ahead.
1: Um, Even that dog and cage places. Yep. Like- yeah,
0: we completely <laughs> when- forgot, to, forgot to talk about that last week, but yeah. Or last episode.
1: With... Well, it's funny because it was last week and we didn't
0: do a podcast. Like oh, oh yeah, you're right,
1: you're right. Oh, okay, great. So, Thanks for correcting like, me. when Steak Dog made the post and asked Cade how his chin felt, but he didn't even hit Kate the chin; he hit him in the throat. Yeah, he like. <laughs> I wonder if Kate <laughs> is Kate still talking okay? <laughs> oh yeah, I think mean, he's good now. He oh was like, Dude, I'm even mad. he mad. Oh was my like,
0: god, that whole situation like, was. You know what though? That's what Arena Cross needed because. To be honest like a lot of the promoters like even back in the day that's not what they wanted to promote as far as Arena Cross but dude that's what brings people through the doors like we want the bar bank you guys have a 1v1 one, one one series like come on Mm-mm. You know so but dude I I love I I love, I love Arena Cross man that that stuff's so cool I'm so excited to go to uh Salem you're going to be there and uh yeah man it's going to be it's going to be so sick but yeah, Anderson's got to be pissed after these last two rounds, dude. These first two. He's got to be so pissed because, you know, Kawasaki knows. Monster Energy Kawasaki knows he can win the title. He almost beat Tomac last year. I wouldn't say only. Well, yeah, he was very close. Let's put it that way. But for him to start 20 points back by going into round number three. Okay, sorry. Round number four round number around anaheim too um it's not good not good um not at all. and especially at tomac and his consistency, the consistency that he's showing and everything oh my gosh man it's uh not good and um uh so we're good on the jason the anderson and barsha deal uh sexton i i feel like the the pass really was not necessary by Barsha to take out Sexton, but I mean it wasn't it wasn't seriously dirty. And yeah, I, I'm okay with it, I guess. I mean, it's a tight corner and Barsha went to the inside and by the time that those guys look up from the corner to look ahead, I mean, Barsha was already there. So it's like can't really do anything about uh real tight one eighty degree corners like that. So um yeah, uh, Barsha's just going to put the blockers on and everybody's going to stay behind him. So, uh, especially if he gets a start. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets third again this weekend. So, um, AP, eighth place. Um, he's uh, three points behind. Uh, Anderson, what do you think about AP's start
1: here? It's going to get better, you know. He um just, come off injury. Yeah, he did just come off injury. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Am I yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did just come off injury. So, I mean, of course, it's going to take time. No motorcycle, and, too, so. Yeah, it, it don't help that the field is that stacked. And these dudes, like, they came in, like, guns a blazer, ready to go from jump. So, I mean, it's it's no easy task out there.
0: Yeah. Um, it's contract season for AP, man. Um I, I really hope he can turn it around um and uh become better because his his KTM run has not been very good. Uh as good as he thought. So uh hopefully AP can do better. A C just finish the race. I don't give a shit if you finish tenth. I don't think you do either. Heavy D. I don't I don't think anybody cares. He led some laps this weekend, that's good for like five and a half minutes and then started getting shuffled back and yeah, he finished uh eighth. So a nine eight or an 8-8 to start the series. Um, not bad for AC Heavy D.
1: No, no, it's not bad at all. Like I said, it's going to get better for him. Like He's one of the guys that's more than capable of winning. Like, I, he knows it. KTM knows it. I think everybody else knows it. Like, any of those guys in the top 10 can go win. It's just, it's not if, it's just a matter of when. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, some people start off slow, but, he's gonna be there. He's definitely gonna be there without
0: a doubt. Absolutely. And he's gonna be up at the front. And uh yeah, no, he was on the Pulp uh MX show uh this uh this week and yeah, he said he's uh he's comfortable. He's good with where he's at. Uh in the previous years, you know, he would want to go out there and, you know, go wide open and show fast lap times and stuff like that. Like um, but he's learned to kind of calm down. So hopefully he can uh keep it going and then tenth in the series, Colt Nichols. Uh had a sixth and then a twelfth. Uh started up front, got the whole shot again. That's two for two for Colt on this Honda HRC bike. Um yeah, uh tenth. Um, it's okay. I mean, after after two rounds, first time being on the motorcycle, first time uh racing these guys, um, brand new team, brand new atmosphere, brand new uh um, you know, outlook, program, off season. Uh, testing all of this stuff. Um, what do you think, Heavy D?
1: Yeah, it's. Um, you said who Marvin was scanning it, right?
0: Nah. Um, I'm, um,
1: sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was uh, getting to the look.
0: Colt Nichols. Sorry.
1: Colt, okay, yeah. Colt Nichols. Sorry. That's my bad. No, you're good. Yeah, no, nah, he'll get there. He'll, he'll get there. I mean, six first one, 12 second one. I think he had a mishap, too. Um,
0: no, he 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 said on the uh, on one of the um, interviews that yeah he just uh well no I think he said he might may have fell over but he he said he wasn't very happy with his ride he said he just went he just went backwards so um and he wasn't really too stoked on it he said he wasn't uh very comfortable with the bike they made a change I think before um the night program or the week before or something like that. And he thought it was going to be better, but apparently it wasn't. So, um, but yeah, no, um, Colt, um, got 12th, uh, Sabachi 10, 10. Um, but for some reason, I think he's 11, uh, 11th in the series. But, uh, regardless of the fact, um, privateer bike, Rick Ware got a lot of TV time this week. Um. Yeah. Good for. Uh, good for Joey. I think he gets better. Uh, as the series uh, progresses and he gets more comfortable. Uh, on his bike.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Get, you know, it's. He it get more comfortable. His first year on it. I mean. You know, coming from two fifties, and with Tomac and those dudes, like. If you notice, man, like the intensity. The intensity level's always been high, but. For some reason, at the gate this year, it has been like extremely high. Yeah, yeah. Nah. So it's just it's just an adjustment period, you know. And after it's all said and done, he he'll be up there. I mean, he's on HRC Honda for a reason, you know. And, yeah.
0: Um, Craig, um, what do you think? Uh, he's sitting twelfth in the series right now. He finished eleventh. Uh, Who was that? Craig. I oh, thought, Craig. I, I thought Craig. he was gonna be better. Um, Eleven. To, um, Eleven. I forget what the first round he got, but uh, it wasn't wasn't inside the top ten. So uh, I thought he was gonna be better. To be completely honest, I didn't have Joey Savacchi beating him, and he did this weekend. It's tough.
1: man, and, like I say, it's. <sighs> That's one of those ordeals like he he spent the last what couple years on the star racing Yamaha. Yep. And he switched over to Husky. I mean, I understand he wanted a four figure ride. You do what you gotta do. I mean me personally, if I was him, I'd have stayed on the two fifty. I mean, fuck Martin Davalos did it. Wow, I mean, he could have done it.
0: I don't think he could. I
1: don't Hold on, I, he could
0: I don't I I, don't, I, don't, I think he had the, uh, because they changed the points thing after Supercross this year, um, and so I don't think that he had a chance to defend it.
1: Oh, I thought he could have. He just wanted to ride a four fifty. I,
0: I don't think so. Somebody in the comments could uh, could correct me, but I don't. I do not believe that he had a chance to defend. He had oh, okay. he had to go four fifty, but I could be wrong. Oh,
1: okay. Well, never mind that. But I mean. You know, he, he he made that switch. I mean, it, it's what he wanted. It, it's good he did that. I mean, yeah, the ride was open, not take it. Well, I mean, why not take it? But I, I think ultimately, you know, you it's it's a completely different switch. You know, he the program, the bike. I mean, I, the bike is a completely different feel. I oh, mean, yeah. a completely different feel. I mean, yeah, from so aluminum
0: to steel. I mean, yeah, it's going to be or steel to aluminum is going to be different.
1: You know, like like I said, you know he's he's at Baker's Factory, and you know they you know they train together. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but it's one of those ordeals when you switch a bike. It's, it's easy to be comfortable in practice, like I say, you you're only going to go so fast mm-hmm. until you get into a, a race situation, and when you have to push yourself and the bike to see how far you both can go. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, I. I I just feel like it's gonna take a little time for him to, you know, get comfortable and to where he can push that bike to where he's able to run that pace You're right at a comfortable rate for that amount of time. You know, yeah, yeah. it's not he can't. I'm I'm sure he can. Like Christian's fast, but it, it's I mean, the change is big. You know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's it's so, uh, it, it. You know, just like um, just like Cole, right? Like rookie i guess whatever into the 450 class for um for craig first time on a 450 full ride you know two years just came off a championship series the the year before in supercross uh new trainer new program new bike new uh team operators everything's new so it's gonna take a little bit sometimes the grass is greener on the other side and um Sometimes it's not. So we'll just have to wait and uh and see if he can uh progress a little bit better. Um, moving down uh the list a little bit more to wrap up uh the results. Uh good for Starling and John Short, uh the first two uh rounds to get their privateer uh motorcycles to get in. also Freddie uh has been in there. A Ray made it this weekend and so did uh Cartwright. So um yeah, no. Good for the privateer guys to uh, get into the uh, main event. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about 250 class. But before we talk about Supercross, I got a bone to pick uh, with uh, I don't really know who. I don't really know who to point the finger at here. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, speak on it. Uh, Deegan. Hayden Deegan is going to be racing uh, East Coast Supercross because he is going to do one let me repeat that. He is going to be doing one Supercross Futures and then going straight to East Coast Supercross. Me, <laughs> me personally, Heavy D, I do not like that. I I believe that that is, that, that's, I, I believe that's un- hey, unsafe.
1: As William Hall says, you know William Hall, don't you? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Rules don't apply to the rich.
0: I don't. I. I just. I. Dude, but man, we've seen this before. Like, we've seen these things happen before. Sure, he's gonna get one uh, one Supercross Futures, right? Great. But dude, like, it's 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 unsafe, Heavy D. In, in my opinion, it is unsafe. You know what? He needs to race all of the rounds for Supercross Futures. Put him in outdoors. Let him go an entire offseason again, and then be prepared. I believe that that is the best way to go about it. He's still going to be put, get, put onto the TV because the Supercross Futures is going to be in the live production, just like the the stars are, so it's not separate. So just like last year in Salt Lake, how they had the, the um, Hymas and Ryder D battle, They're going to have that every single time they have the Supercross futures, and I believe there's only like four or five this year. But regardless of the fact, I believe Hayden needs to stay down until 2024 uh, Supercross, but that's my personal opinion, and he can shut me straight the hell up uh, by (laughs) going out and getting a top eight. Like A top eight, to me, would be hella impressive. Um, Top eight, top six, somewhere right around in there, but Regardless of the fact, I believe that he needs to stay down. But uh, what's your thoughts, Heavy D? I'm I'm done uh, picking the bone.
1: I mean, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, personally, it's one of those ordeals. But I think how they kind of look at it is like, they did this whole supercross Futures thing, and even before that, like you know when they did the uh, r because you raced some of it the rc rode to supercross yep yep Be- before that they didn't even have any of that it's yep. like it was a once you all. got your yeah you just you went straight to supercross and raced it yeah and then i feel like they did a lot of that to get more people in the stands for a cross which honestly the cross is doing good regardless i honestly think it got to doing. That's why they kind of, I feel like they shut a across down, failed in because it started doing better than Supercross because so many people were showing up. Yeah. So they did away with that. And then they just did the Supercross features to bring more people to the venue and more riders. Like, all right, we get on the Supercross track. Me personally, I mean, you and the, he's having amateur ranks and, I knew it was going to happen. Like soon as like these last two rounds, you know, Levi and Styles haven't done the greatest, even though I, they can do a lot better. I know they can. Oh, do a absolutely. Lot better. Like, but I was just like, watch they they gonna pull. I just I was like, I just haven't. Deacon's gonna race East Coast. I like as soon as I seen that house go up for sale in North Carolina, I was like, he's racing East Coast, and yeah. me personally. This is just me. I feel like they should just go ahead and send Dax with him. It's a waste of time to keep him back. That's just me personally, because he's—I think he's better in Supercross than Deegan is.
0: Yeah, I, and, haven't, I haven't really paid much attention to uh, uh, to Dax or have seen either of them ride Supercross other than just videos. Um, but I just believe it's too—it's too close. Too, I mean,
1: I look early. at it like this. They, I mean, you got some kids that just got it when it comes to that aspect, and they could keep digging back. They really could, and he could race all the futures. But if this is just me personally, what, what's he? I and I may be. I know I never got to race, and I haven't been there. But I mean, if he's beating everybody else, what, what's he going to learn? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I I do get that aspect as well. Uh, I just go. I just go back to safety. Like just, I don't know. I mean, I guess when when they're ready, they're ready. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've just seen so many guys come through that go through the amateur ranks way too fast, and then show up and uh, you know get hurt or um, you know lose a ride because they realize that this shit is hard. So well,
1: I feel and and also in some aspects too, I feel like. You got some guys, some kids that get held back too long. Like it's I think it's a point in the amateur ranks where these kids they get so they get they hit a peak in amateur ranks almost, and they're at their high. And because and this goes back to not racing a lot, like they don't race enough, they race like these amateur nationals, and then when like the winter nationals and stuff are over. They just do the qualifiers, regionals, and then they do Loretta. So yeah. they sit around until Loretta's, they race, do the pro thing, and then they go do the last four outdoor nationals. And if you notice, like like Pierce Brown, for instance, I'm going to say this 2000, it was like 2019 to 2020 when he went to A class. Yeah. He went yeah. and did, that was when they first. Uh, did the Supercross Features I think it was because mm-hmm. I was out there with uh, Trey Fagan, my buddy and um, Julie got hurt in the very first round he broke his hip or his pelvic bone and um, he was battling with Pierce but Pierce was just like wearing dudes out he did it there and even when he went to uh, spring nationals well I was just like dude like he's at his high when he did Supercross futures. I was just like, man, they might as well just let this kid go. Like, he's going to stay back, and I feel like you will hurt him if he stays back. Yeah. And, like, sure enough, he, he did spring nationals. He was going fast. But then he um, went to Loretta's, and he didn't do that great. That's when um, Jaleek won one, and that was when Hunter, he first came over here, and he was, like, ripping. And he ended up winning other, but Pierce got hurt. Yeah. so he finally came in and which pierces he's fast no doubt about it he can go win but i just feel like at that time they should have just let him go instead of just keeping him back yeah because i feel like holding him back it hurts you more than just letting go because i mean you at that high you can run up front learn something running up front
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean just to go ahead and get that early race pace and i mean I can see it from both sides I guess I'm in the middle I think it just depends on the rider Um, some riders can do it and some riders can't Uh, I guess that's really just where I'm gonna kind of throw my towel into the uh, to the discussion but um, yeah Jet I mean going into the 250 class now Jet's on a Jet's on a roll Uh, do we start talking perfect season or after the triple crown after he wins the triple crown we start talking about perfect season
1: Mm. or do we Ooh. go ahead
0: and have the conversation now
1: here's what i want to say he's he's more than capable of having the perfect season um you know everything has to go right for it to happen but i just feel as if rj hampshire it's like he he's still right there, man. I just yeah. I think it's it's gonna take him getting that start and another one. And I've seen it and and I've watched Levi Kitchen. If he gets a start, he'll be hard to deal with.
0: Yeah, I mean he had a good he had a good heat race. He kept uh, Jet and 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 Check there for uh, quite a while. So uh, yeah, the I mean we're gonna get down to the to the Star Racing Yamaha uh, boys here in a minute. Um, but yeah, RJ. Uh, 2 2, McAdoo 3 3. So, can kind of talk about these three here in a group. Uh, Enzo Lopes is very close on that line. Um, I believe that he could probably knock off McAdoo. I would not say that he can knock off a Hampshire, uh, or a Jet. Um, but I believe that he can get McAdoo, um, for a third on one of these, uh, races.
1: Oh, if he does, it's because, uh, that's just one of those, uh, Man, he can. He he just. If he just. Man, his speed is is there. It's just that he just needs. I feel like more grit and more fight to him. He lets them go. He just yeah. lets people go. It's like if somebody comes up on him, he just like lets them go by.
0: Yeah, I know, he don't even I really that put a up. Lot. A-
1: yeah, you don't I, put them a fight you
0: know hopefully with this uh with these great finishes a six and a fourth I even wrote a column uh, article on imperative MX on the rise series where I just go through and talk about riders that are currently on the rise so uh yeah no we talked about uh Enzo Lopes I did a little article on him so go and check it out imperativemx.com but yeah no he's doing really well on that club MX muckoff FXR racing team and uh yeah his uh brother-in-law Phil, uh rolled all the jumps this weekend for an eighth. So uh he did uh did really good there. Um could have beaten Oldenburg and uh could have even been there close on Styles if he would have uh jumped a couple of the rhythm sections and uh this is all just coming from the Pulpamex show they gave him a bunch of shit because he wasn't jumping uh all of the rhythm lanes, but jumping some of the ones that um some of the other guys weren't doing or you wouldn't think would do but Regardless of the fact, the Club MX guys they have a bike uh, that is um, right there at factory. I believe. I think they're they're very close in the 250 class right there at a at a factory level. Um, and Enzo is helping them. So no, that's awesome. Um, Pierce got fifth. Uh, he had the bad crash uh, there in uh, Anaheim. One uh, two turns into the main event and completely screwed my fantasy but I, for, I i forgive him um so yeah uh pierce we know that he could definitely be up there uh battling for uh wins right up there with hampshire McAdoo, he's shown he has speed and we know he has speed so uh be interesting if he can uh, go back up there uh we'll talk about styles robertson and Levi kitchen for a second uh styles um he had the really bad crash in anaheim 1 and uh is really fast uh just needs to get better starts uh to get up there cuz um i believe that he should be uh running up there close to the front uh as well and then levi had the gnarly crash um actually i think styles actually had the most underrated um ride of the weekend uh he had to come all the way from that crash that he had with his teammate levi um down in the first turn pretty much or pretty much all the way on the outside had to come from last and came all the way up to sixth um so that was a that was a pretty good ride by uh you know to show a little bit of grit there but um yeah uh it sucks for levi he was looking really good in the heat race could have been uh right up there at the front off the start but uh came over just a little bit too much and um i believe somebody i think rj gave uh levi a little bump as well that made him go a little bit farther right than what he wanted but um yeah anything on the monster energy uh yamaha star racing boys heavy d
1: Oh no, other
0: than that, dude, I think that's I mean for me that's about it. Yeah. Um Dylan Walsh, uh just going back just going down through the list. Uh Derek Kelly's been putting in really good rides there inside the top ten. Col- Cole Thompson, uh, on that heartbeat sauce, uh, nuclear blast Yamaha, I believe that's what the team name is. Uh it's a brand new team for him. Obviously he's a Canadian, uh coming down to the States to race uh these and he did really good last year and Yeah, uh, that team picked him up, and uh, I believe he got a 10-10 or a 10-11. Regardless of the fact, good for him. Dylan Walsh, same thing. Um, Robbie Wageman uh, went and raced the AMA Arena Cross uh, two weekends ago when uh, Stanky and Cade had that incident and uh, had a 1v1 his brother. Uh, RJ, So that was uh, pretty interesting. Hunter Yoder, I'm probably honestly, uh, only people that listen to the podcast will know this, but I'm probably going to write, or I will write a On The Rise series about Hunter Yoder. Uh, Compared to last year and what he's doing now is a night and day difference. Um, And apparently he's got that Kawasaki, uh, that PRMX uh, Kawasaki uh looking really good out there and um I picked him uh for Pulpamax Fantasy the first go around uh at Anaheim one and yeah he made it in and uh put on good performances. So no it's uh really good for uh Hunter Yoder and uh really uh nobody else really to uh talk about. Wilson Todd I believe can be up there around the top ten, but he keeps getting into unfortunate crashes and that sort of thing. Uh but yeah RJ is uh let's see, he's uh six points down. On uh uh Jet. Uh McAdoo is uh three points down on RJ. And then Enzo is right behind them. Mitchell Oldenburg in fifth, Styles sixth, Phil in seventh, Derek Kelly in eighth, Dylan Walsh ninth, and Thompson rounds out your top ten for the two per, uh, for the two fifty supercross supercross main event. And uh yeah, going to uh back to Anaheim for Anaheim two. Uh round Anaheim two, round Snapdragon, round whatever you guys want to call it. Uh so uh yeah, they're gonna be racing this weekend. Triple crown is gonna be very interesting. Three starts for each class, the two fifty and the four fifty class. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of action, jam packed for sure. It's gonna be good. Make sure to check out race day live at uh four thirty PM Eastern. Uh, you guys know that I will definitely be there watching every second of it, uh, trying to see if there is any deep inside knowledge that I need to know for you guys and Um, Heavy D, I'm sure that you'll be in the chat this weekend. We missed out on it last weekend, a little bit of miscommunication, but you'll be in the chat this weekend, huh? Oh,
1: yeah, I'm definitely going to be on the chat this weekend.
0: Good deal, good deal. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, what a a phenomenal episode here, number 12 of the Imperative MX podcast. We spoke about some local motocross racing, uh, the MA Arena Cross Series, round number six coming up this weekend. Uh, Also, the Windy Hill MX uh, race coming up this weekend as well. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, yeah, like I said, AMA uh, Arena Cross round number six is coming up this weekend in Oklahoma. Uh, Lazy uh, Arena, I do believe it was called. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, obviously we have an AMA Supercross that we talked about and round number four, uh, Anaheim 2 coming up this weekend. So, yeah, there was much uh, and and even more uh, that we talked about within this podcast. And, uh, yeah, thanks uh, again to the companies who make this possible. West Virginia Motorsports. FXR, Dirt Industries custom graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydro Power, and of course the brand new sponsor on board Mika Metals. And uh yeah, Heavy D. I mean, this one this one was a uh was a pretty solid episode and uh, thank you so much to everybody listening on this week's episode number 12 of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. We're up over 400 uh on YouTube subscribers so make sure to go and check out all the content on YouTube Instagram we're almost at 3000 so close there TikTok we're at 27000 on that Facebook 1.5 find the podcast Apple Spotify anywhere you get your podcast make sure to check out imperativemx.com click on those logos go to the companies that help us out support the ones that support the sport and uh more Uh, If you get the chance, yeah. So from myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, we're out.